This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This is a production of ITM Media. Good day to everyone listening out there to Rambling About Racing, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or on Burns Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time big episode here episode 130 of the show joined as always by charlie Herkus. i'm matt beamer austin reeves is now an official host of rambling about race and preston luke couldn't be here tonight he had to work but we hope to have him back on so sit back relax if it's appropriate time of the day and you're not driving crack open a beer with us and let's talk about this last weekend's races at Darlington and Miami for the Formula One race there, the Miami Grand Prix, the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. And we have a driver interview this week. Yeah, we're going to talk to Howie Savino. Yeah, we're going to talk to Howie and talk about his racing career and where he's at now and Xfinity Trucks, ARCA, all through that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us for that. It's going to be great to talk to we tried to get him on the show before it should be a lot of fun and now he's finally on we can't wait for that but before we get to that charlie how's it going there buddy yeah it's going great you know another episode another week glad to be here glad to be a part of this episode 130 man i can't believe we've made it this far yeah i you know so glad to be a part of episode 130 so glad to get rudely interrupted and so glad to uh be here and Looking forward to this driver interview this week and, you know, looking forward to hear his background and, you know, what's led up to him running the Xfinity Series races this year and got another race this coming up week for, you know, this coming up weekend for me and we'll just see, see what happens. Hopefully we can build on the momentum from last race, uh, second place finish and we'll see what happens, man. You know, hopefully got a cast going on now. I drove with a broke hand last race, had surgery. Well, how'd the surgery go? Was it a success? As far as I know, you know, I got a cut going up pretty much from my knuckle to my wrist. 
you know, if I drove with it broke and finished second, hopefully after them repairing it, I should be able to pretty much win the dang thing. Like At it. least that's my, uh, that's my outlook on it. All right, man. Well, best of luck to you, man. I'm glad you're okay for one. And now we throw it over to Austin Reeves. Austin, an official member of the show now. Welcome to the show officially. Episode 130, we're announcing it. How are you doing, man? How's life? And how's uh, what's your wife's name? Kayla. Kaylee. How's Kaylee doing with the pregnancy and everything? Kaylin. We might have had a few to drink before the wow. show. Okay, so you can't how- even get Kelsey right. Okay, well, it's, it's, I guess- it's the redneck Southern accent. Okay, K-A-Y-L-I-N. You're going to get my girl's name right. How's Kaylin doing, Austin, with the pregnancy and everything like that? How's life for you, man? Going good. We had our uh, second baby appointment yesterday. Uh, the little jokers are growing like a beanstalk. Uh, life's going good. Uh, staying busy at work. Can't thank you too enough for letting me come on the show and be an official co-host member. Uh, I really enjoy it. I uh, went from listening to this podcast and being on it. I thoroughly enjoy it. So I can't thank y'all. Can't thank y'all enough. Um, really excited to get this driver interview. My first one. Uh, really, really like to hear where they kind of came from. That's always been a like a fantasy of mine, like where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are? And how many people helped you along the way? So I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, ready to get into it. But before we do that, we got a couple things to cover here. First and foremost, our question of the week from last week, Austin delivered the question and what it is, which driver would Charlie Herkes sound like after following a bad race if he were interviewed? We only got one response from that, and that was from a quick pit podcast. It was Martin Truex Jr., but I have a feeling, Austin, that's not where we were going. Kind of same area, technically, but I'm going to let you go first. It was your question of the week. Who would Charlie sound like after a bad race? So I've been uh, going to the racetrack and helping Charlie out for uh, five years now. He's definitely a Kyle Busch, no doubt. Definitely a Kyle Busch. I I could see that, but the only thing I was going to say just to stir the pot and make him mad was Bubba Wallace. I I can agree with that, too. There's a lot of of contenders in that, but me for Kyle Busch, you for Bubba Wallace. Or following this weekend's races, a William Byron. Well, maybe, maybe not as bad, but definitely, definitely, I like the Kyle Busch better. I, Kyle Busch, I think, was the winner, what you had in mind. I had something else in mind just to kind of piss Charlie off here. But eh, we're taking charge of Charlie right now. Charlie, what driver do you think you'd sound like? Yeah, so I can see where you're taking shots at me there. <laughs> you know, first off, I've never really blamed anybody else for my misfortunes. You know, I, I've always pretty much taken fault if it's been a mechanical issue or something like that. Unless I have been just blatantly dumped, I've pretty well taken fault for my own misfortunes. So that pretty well uh, rules out Bubba Wallace. All right, fair Uh, enough. Yep. I would also have to say that pretty well rules rules out William Byron. Uh, He he pretty much got the whole front clip of Joey Logano shoved under the rear end of his car and and put him into the wall. You know, it rules out him. I don't know. I, I would hate to say, but, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'd almost have to agree with Quick Pit and, and say Martin Truex, just a lot of misfortunes, you know, a lot of being at the wrong spot, the wrong time, or just a lot of just stuff not going our way. And that's Martin Truex all day long, or, or you know, or that's a lot of 
unfortunately, it's a lot of Chase Elliott too, uh, or a lot of Kyle Larson this past weekend where I had where he had the fastest car, and something happens. And you know, unfortunately, the past three races, I have had the fastest car and have had nothing to show for it. So yeah, I guess it could be a multitude of drivers, but they're they're pretty spot on. I, they're pretty spot on with the Martin Truex because he just hadn't had a lot to show for it this year, but he's had a lot of good runs, just nothing to show for it. I like the way we all said Toyota drivers for the most part. I think that kind of blows me away, even though you drive a Dodge. and right. Yeah, I got, a, I got a Dodge that I drive daily, and then the, the car itself has got a Chevrolet body. And <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, I think that's funny and ironic right there at any point. But that was a quick question of the week. And let us know on future questions of the week what you think using hashtag what you think ITM. We really do enjoy hearing everybody's responses from that. Before we get into our interview with Howie, we got to talk about the Formula One Grand Prix from Miami, the first inaugural Miami Grand Prix, as well as the NASCAR races from Darlington. We're going to start off with Formula One real quick. Did you guys watch the race? Awesome. I guess that's a no It was on Mother's Day. I watched the NASCAR race. I tried to watch both of them at the same time, but I was cooking a shrimp bowl with my father-in-law, uh, so unfortunately I didn't get to watch it. Okay. So, Well, I mean, just based on Max Verstappen won, so I think Austin picked that, so good job on that one, Austin, for picking the race winner there. And then watching it and reading Twitter comments while it was going on, a lot of IndyCar drivers, a lot of the guys from the IndyCar side of the Twitter world, I should say, were just dogging that race because it was Max Verstappen out front, Charles Leclerc out front. They were racing hard for the win, but, I mean, the IndyCar drivers were just letting the Formula 1 guys have it, and I got to start off with this real quick. Isn't the question of the week, or might end up being the question of the week, IndyCar and Formula 1, I mean, they're two completely different forms of auto racing. Formula 1's more, you got a budget, you got a... You, you meet within the formula, and you could build your car however you want it, and you got it. Whereas IndyCar is more of a, we're going to order the parts from the supplier, you build the car, and you go out and race. I mean, does Indy have a point there? Or is it kind of just a, it's comparing two different sports. I feel like IndyCar drivers were giving Formula 1 a bad rap. Yeah, I'd say they're giving them a bad rap. We've touched on, on it multiple times that... You know that we think IndyCar should be on at least they perform better on on ovals. Yep. You know that they shouldn't be on road courses. So where who are they to judge on road courses? And you know where Formula One runs on nothing but road courses. But, you know that that's my take on it right away. You know I, I feel like I mean I think the IndyCar was just kind of pulling a WWE thing where they were just trying to hype up their sport because the Formula One got a lot of attention this week. Not as much mm-hmm. as I felt like they could have had, but I mean, because NASCAR beat them in the ratings. Because I thought NASCAR would be just totally demolished and be starting the races at the same time. Then being, being, Formula especially one. being that it's Miami, it's the inaugural right. race at Formula One Miami. Now, so, not saying yeah, it wasn't, I, I mean, is. it was packed there at Miami, whereas Darlington, I saw a few empty seats, a lot of empty seats, as a matter it's of fact. Like but it's been like that all year for NASCAR. It's been like that for the past few, uh, past decade and a half, yep. I feel, for NASCAR. So I hate to hold that against NASCAR because Formula One comes around every 
twice a year in the United States. Next year will be three years in Las Vegas. I feel like Las Vegas will be sold out next season. But NASCAR, I mean, you could just say we can't catch Atlanta, but we can catch Darlington or we can catch Talladega. We can catch Daytona. We can catch one of those races. So it's a lot of, little more flexibility, I feel like, there when it comes to the NASCAR spectators. Whereas Formula One, if you got a chance to go to a Formula One race, you better strike while the iron's hot because if you don't, you might not. You're going to miss the opportunity until Austin this year, or in Las Vegas next year. So I feel like it was just kind of a WWE thing there with the IndyCar guys saying that stuff about Formula One, and rightfully so. It was. It wasn't a. It was a good race, but it wasn't what I expected. I expected a little more out of it, yeah, a little more top speed and stuff from the cars, but. That's neither here or there, I feel. I feel like I mean, it was a good race. Max Verstappen did end up winning the race. Formula One brought a good show. I think they're going to be back next year. I think we'll get a better idea of it next year. But what do you guys think? I mean, just based on what you saw with the Formula One race, did you guys, did you guys think it was worthy of a, another race next season and then possibly in yeah. the future? I, I didn't get to see the whole race. Um, you know, I've only gotten to see bits and pieces of it. I will say, you know, it's hints on the rest of the season for for Verstappen. The fact that, you know, he's been off on, off on all year. He's either won or he's not finished, but now he's won back-to-back. You know, is this a hot streak for him? Could this sit, be set in stone for the rest of the season for everybody else? At the same time, the Ferraris finished two and three. They're not going away. They're, they are right there. They are ready to pounce the moment Red Bull makes – any type of mistake. So the Mercedes, they didn't, you know, they, they finished, I think, fifth and sixth. You know, they're, they're not out of the picture, but they have definitely got to pick it up if they want to be in the picture or if they don't want to be out of the picture anytime soon. Yeah, I like I like how the season's going in F1. There, there's a lot of teams that normally aren't in it competing and, and competing on a regular basis. I, I think Formula One in Miami would be there again next year so long as the residents of Miami don't have a lot of say-so in it next year. Like, why they made such a big deal of all these people say, well, Formula One has just got such a big pollution coming into Miami like really like they're, they're not having such they're not having no more of a uh, of an effect on the pollution than what the city of Miami has on a regular basis anyway like do you not think your city has that type of uh, of effect on, on the uh, atmosphere and stuff like that on a regular basis I mean come on people yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Um, I don't know if any of y'all saw it. My Twitter blew up with it. They were just mad because of the pollution. And we don't want you here. And I think Formula One donated $5 million. Formula One, off, yeah, Formula One offered them $5 million to the to the city of Miami. to It's almost hush money, I, I yeah, would say. Much, yeah. But they're like, well, we don't want your money and stuff. I, then don't say nothing, you know? Like, then, then shut up. Yeah, that, that, that's what I saw before the race. A lot of the residents were mad about it. I mean, one damn race ain't going to kill nobody. And it, this is pretty much the same type of residents that sit on their butt and don't do nothing to society for the rest of the year anyway. Exactly. That's exactly what I saw. 
and and the impact to the local economy there for Miami had to be explosive. The nightclubs, the restaurants, the hotels, yep. you name it, everywhere from the beach all the way up to the racetrack had to be see the, the amount of income to the amount of impact that was going on to the to the atmosphere and the uh, you know the welfare of the the actual whatever you know. Yeah, I know. But. Yeah, I, I can vouch on that. Like, like the Snowball Derby that me and you go to. Yeah. The atmosphere. Like, when we go there, when we leave the track, uh, when I was 18, we went to a strip club and then went to McGuire's and bought a steak. So, there's a lot of people, like, the strip club we went to, Steve Nassie was at. There was a bunch of Steve Nassie's crew. So, it's bringing revenue to the city. I don't, I don't know why they were mad about it. it was yeah, I mean, yeah. they, pay, they pay for some little girls' college that night. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I, absolutely. And I did. <laughs> I, I didn't see any of those tweets, unfortunately, and I feel like I would have responded, but I feel it's just one of those things where I feel, I mean, people will talk about NASCAR creating a carbon footprint or whatever it is. I mean, that's the words I was looking for. Carbon footprint. I mean, but I mean, why didn't you chime in and say carbon footprint? Because I know you I just, just thought stood of, there. I just sat thought of there and made me look like a freaking idiot. No, I just thought about it now. But I mean, people will have said that about auto racing for years, and I don't even listen to them. I don't even give them the time of day. I feel, and rightfully so. I feel like those tweets. If I didn't see them, I feel like they weren't really relevant to what was going on because the on track action really was good racing but it just wasn't up to par for the american standard i feel especially for indy and nascar so i mean it was it was fun i hope to see him back and i hope we can one day migrate down there to miami and watch the formula one race i think it's i think it'd be a fun weekend for us but max Verstappen won quick down and dirty for the formula one race and now we get into nascar darlington lady in black good reeking overall Charlie Austin, how would you rate the weekend now overall? Overall, you know, it's a good weekend. I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to be the pessimist here. And I don't like being the pessimist, but I am in this this instance or this this scenario. Man, they they just put so much in, you know, so much into the throwback weekend, and um, it's almost to the points where I, to the point where I just get. By the time Sunday rolls around, I am so sick of hearing about the throwback weekend. You know, I, I'm so tired of hearing, you know, well, this paint scheme's this, or I'm wearing this in regards to this, or, you know, just talk about the freaking race. Like, almost like the It's Bristol, baby. Yeah, well, like, just shut up. Well, I feel like it was more pure when it was the Southern 500 race weekend. And that, that was the throwback weekend. I mean, I felt like that was a more historic race, a, a crown jewel in the sport. And to have it now, vice the Southern 500 weekend, the Labor Day race, I feel like takes away from the sport. And the second year of it happening, Darlington gets another date. They, won't, they, don't want, they want to put emphasis on this race, so they make it the throwback weekend, vice the Southern 500, which was the throwback weekend for years prior to that. I feel like... It took away from the sport as a all. I mean, I like the throwback weekend. I like what they do to recognize the past, but they should have kept it in the Southern 500 weekend for me, but that's neither here or there. But I understand your point, Charlie. I mean, even if it was the Southern 500 
weekend. I feel like it was overplayed. I yeah, guess, I guess it, you could it say. absolutely was. Like, no offense, but I could care less about seeing Richard Petty throw the green flag. He did not throw it. Like, it got wadded up, and I thought he was going to drop it at one point. I could care less about whoever else they had up there. Really and truly, you know, Bobby Labonte was probably about the best one they had up there in between. I I agree. Richard Petty has no clue about what's going on during that race. Uh, He has no clue about these cars. Um, He tries to talk about what happens freaking 40 damn years ago as far as how those cars reacted. It's not the same. There's a reason why... Petty Enterprises has had to sell out multiple times, and now it's Petty GMS. You got to get up to date, and he's not. He's out of touch, and it, I hate to you, but it freaking showed whenever they had him up there in that broadcast, broadcast booth. and Almost like he was lost. It, it, it really was. It, and it, I get it. He's getting up there in age, too, and that probably didn't help the fact, but... At the same time, I enjoyed Bobby Labonte being up there. I, I thought Bobby Labonte was great up there in the booth. I, I don't know. It just aggravated me. And, and it goes back to the calling the races how it is. I don't think Darlington should have two races a year either. You know, I think there's other tracks that should have two races a year. And I'll go back to last week at Dover. I think Dover should have two races a year. I, I don't think Darlington should. Right, but the fact that they do right now, and and one's a four hundred mile race, and one's a five hundred mile race. I mean, I feel like I, I I'm going to say it again: the throwback weekend should have stayed at the Southern Five Hundred Labor Day race, and the, it, because it was more, it was just a, you so unique. And you think a throwback, especially if you've been a fan for more than five six years now of NASCAR, you think Southern Five Hundred, and now mm-hmm. that they're switching it over to the Mother's Day weekend race. It doesn't have the same feel for it. I feel like the Southern 500 was more appropriate for the throwback weekend, but I, it, to me, it didn't take away from the race weekend. Like you said, it, they did hype on it a lot. They ha- I didn't catch Richard Petty in there because I was watching the Formula One race, but I did catch Bobby Labonte and Bill Elliott in there, and even Bill Elliott did a good job. Bobby did a the better job from the two that I saw. Yeah, no, no doubt. I didn't even care because even Bill... Even Bill seemed like he was only up there to root for his son, Chase. I'm a Chase Elliott fan, but you you could tell it was clear as day that even he was up there just to really pull for his son. Yeah, and I saw that coming, too. It's like, well, I wonder who he's going to hype up. You can't do that. You can't do that as a a dang broadcaster. You you can't have a favorite. Yeah, just just like when Jeff Burton announces for Harrison. You know, you you can just tell that they're – they want to say what they want to say, but they can't because yeah, you, say something. Yeah, you, you can't have a dog in a fight. Like, right. And that's, that's why I'm saying that, you know, I think they should have people that don't have, uh, you know, a, a relative in the hunt. They should call the races like they freaking are. Agreed. No, yeah, I 100% agree on that because I was – once they said Bill Elliott's coming on, it's like, well, who who's he going to pick to win the race? I'm like, oh, Chase Elliott. Well, surprise, surprise. I, I saw it too – I wasn't surprised whatsoever, but John Henry Nemechek won the truck race. Justin Allgaier got the monkey off his back, finally winning the race in the Xfinity Series. And I want to hype on this before we get into our talk with Howie. Joey Logano won the cup race in a controversial move with two laps to go, hitting William Byron out of the way. A lot of people say hitting. A lot of people say driving through. Q1 
curious what you two have to think to win that race. And we're going to start off with Charlie because I know. No, nah, we'll start off with Austin. Okay, we'll I'll end this one. All right, we'll start off with Austin. We'll go to me, and then we'll go to Charlie. And we'll, we'll figure out this. Austin, what were your thoughts on Joey Logano? I know we're going to hype on this, and we're kind of speeding in this along because we got to talk with Howie here coming up. But what were your thoughts on that finish there at the Goodyear 400? You know, we wanted to go if a car's within a car length or half a car length to you, know, he's going to give you the front bumper. And it depends if you're a Hendrick fan or a Penske fan or a Logano fan or a Byron fan. My opinion, it's not worth a hill of beans, but it was two to go. Byron was getting loose. Logano could have waited another lap and passed him clean. He went in there hot, didn't even try to make the corner, gave him the front bumper, and, and just put him in the wall. I mean, you know, a, a bump and run is a bump and move him out of the groove. That was a, a dump and run. Uh, but that's my opinion. I think he hit him a little bit too hard, but that, that's just my opinion. We'll, we'll see what Charlie has to say about it. Well, and, and before we get to Charlie, I, he, I know he wants to go last. My take on it is that is exactly what NASCAR needs. You know, we've seen Kyle Larson race clean and stuff. It's like, I'm not that type of driver. I won't get into him. But Joey Logano is that type of driver who – I will move you out of the way to win the race, as I feel a lot of drivers are, as I feel Austin is if it comes down to it, as I feel Charlie will be this weekend. If you've got a chance to win, move the son of a gun out of the way and win the race. And Caroline even texted me after the race and said, quote, I don't see why Byron is, was mad at Logano. I think it was a good race. And for someone who isn't a fan of NASCAR to see that, it was a good race. If, like, you know, if you don't have a dog in a fight or it's your first time watching the race, you see that and you're like, that was a fun race to watch. And then she said, I like that type of racing. It was only a few laps left. Got to do what you got to do to win. I would bump a car easily to win a race. I feel the same way. If it wasn't even Joey Logano, but if it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Dale Earnhardt Sr. or somebody else and they did that, this wouldn't have been a big deal. And, and William Byron would have said, oh, that's just racing. We'll get him next week. He's got one coming. He knows it. But that, the fact that it was Joey Logano, a guy who isn't relatively liked in the sport for some reason in the fandom, and that he is constantly, like, booed for whatever. I don't even know what he's booed for to do that. I thought, I thought he was he's good. He's got a reputation for this. Well, he's got a reputation for it, but he wins races. He wins championships. You know, I mean, we have one championship, but it's more than William Byron has. William Byron didn't walk away with a trophy. Joey Logano did. All right, so. Okay, yeah, so well, I, here, I, I, here's my thing on it is Logano was, Logano said, you know, if you drive me like that, I'm going to drive you like that. Basically, I don't know the exact words, but I don't think Byron meant to put him in the wall. I think Byron came off of two and knew there was a dip there. You saw Ross Chastain spin out. You saw... I think it was Martin Truex Jr. that stacked all the cars up. There was multiple cars that had issues coming out of that corner. I don't think he meant to put him in the wall. He just knew if he ran low, he'd hit the bump and spin out. And Logano just thought he'd done it intentional and went in there and, and just, just laid into him. And I can tell you, if it was me giving a post-race interview, I'd have caught him a lot more worse than moron and idiot for a fact. But I don't see what... Joey Logano did wrong. Was it the fact that it was two laps ago and not the final lap that everybody's pissed off about? So or is here, it the fact, the or is it the fact here, that it was my, Joey Logano? Here, here's my take on it. 
uh, you know, everybody can bring up this Dale Senior or Dale Junior or whatever, you know, bull crap they want to bring up that nobody would have been mad or whatever. The fact is, Dale Senior and Dale Junior ain't racing in this race, and they they could, you know, compare this or you know compare that or all they want to. You know, like I said, the fact is, neither one of them two are racing in it. One's dead, one's not. It come down to William Byron and Joey Logano. Joey Logano was plenty fast enough to pass William Byron clean. Now, regardless of how Joey Logano felt about that restart to where William Byron put him into the wall or not on purpose, whatever, I'm not saying William Byron didn't race him a little too hard there or not. We're talking about a restart towards the end of the race that could have determined the outcome of that race. Would I have done the same thing? Possibly. I'm saying here, we've seen issues, like Austin said, of cars spinning out, trying to hold it off the wall or holding it down coming off that turn. Could that have been what he was trying to do? Sure. I'm, I'm not saying that wasn't, or I'm not saying that was. Logano got squeezed into the wall. Could he have been mad about that? Yes. Coming to the finish, two laps to go. Logano is clearly, clearly faster than Byron. Everybody knows that. Everybody that's watching this race, is at this race, is faster. Surely, Byron knows Logano is faster. Byron's spotter knows he's faster. Byron's crew chief knows he's faster. Everybody. There was no letting up on Logano's side. He drove in that corner just as hard, knowing he was a lot faster, didn't try to bump and run. A bumper that was not a bump and run. A bump and run is you move him a little bit. That was a he rammed him. He meant to put him in the wall. With that being said, he didn't bump and run him for the win. A bump and run for the win would have been on the last lap. He did it with two laps to go, and he did it with force. He did it with every ounce of nose that he had on that car. Now, like I said, I'm not saying Byron was in the right on that restart, but I'm definitely saying that Logano was in the wrong all on that move. So I'm not agreeing with neither one of them. I, you know, by, by no means am I agreeing with neither one of them. It's, it's not the end of, of that rivalry, by no means. There, there's going to be some more 22 and 24 throughout the season. Both of them are locked in. You know, I think the 24's got, what, two wins? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he's got two wins. You know, if it, if it comes down to the 24's behind the 22 and 24's going for win number three, the 24's probably going to get win number three before the 22 gets win number two, if, if we're being honest here. Uh, you know, that, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit FindRealRelief.com. 
That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. That's just how I see it. I, I, I felt that that was way too aggressive. And, you know, everybody can say, well, if it was Dale Hart Sr. or if it was Dale Jr. or whatever, they can say all that bullshit all they want to. You know, I, I, I'm a Dale Jr. fan all day long, but I'd have been just as freaking mad or whatever because I am a racer, and I know how I would have felt if, if I'd have been on the receiving end of that. But I also know what I would have done if I was in Logano's position, just the same as Austin would have done if he was in Logano's position. That wasn't a bump and run. No. That, it, that it, was it, a, I meant to put you in the wall. And I meant for you to not finish second. I meant for you to finish just as far freaking back as possible. Right. So, I mean, it, it was two to go. You're coming to the white flag. You got four more corners. Everybody knew. Like, and you you're said, that much has, faster than he, Exactly. He had four more corners to make this move. He could have ran the high line, the low line. He could have got around cleanly, but he chose because Byron came off a little high and squeezed him in the wall. Not intentional. Maybe it was intentional. But he put him in the wall, and then Logano decided with two to go, hey, here's my shot. I'm going to make you pay for it. And, that, and that's what that, that's my opinion. That's what I saw from a racer standpoint of view. That's, that's just what I saw. Man, I'm going to have to disagree with both of you. I, from a fan's point of view, I saw a driver in Joey Logano that wanted it more than William Byron. Yeah, he was faster. Charlie makes a good, makes a good point. We all saw it. He was catching him. Yeah, he could have waited till the white flag to do that, and I don't think it would have caused that much of a hype. But he did it. Joey Logano walked away with the trophy, the win. He did what he needed to do to win, in my opinion. And and I think it was more the fact that it was Joey Logano. Had it been someone else, and I know Charlie said nobody else was involved, but had it been someone else like maybe a Chase Elliott or anybody else like that, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. I feel like it would have been justified. But the fact it was Joey Logano, by far probably one of the most unpopular drivers in the sport as far as fandom, not statistically, but fandom, blew it all up. I don't see what Joey Logano did wrong whatsoever. It, it ain't got nothing to do with Joey Logano. Well, then what's it have to do with? Yeah, let, let me ask you. It's this. got to do with the move that was made, hands if, down. He won the if race. You, if you run a race on I race and, okay. and you were leading with two to go, and somebody just deliberately drove into you and turned three and moved you out of the way and cost you a win, how would you? Feel? And you I, wound I up finishing thirteenth. I would be upset. Absolutely, I would. But guess what? He wanted it more, and I might have. But, and that's but, coming from a fan's aspect. That's not coming from anything else. Yeah, I mean, but but you, but you as leading the race with two to go, would you oh, not be like upset and pissed about the driver running second? Just deliberately drove into you and used every inch of your back bumper that he could. No, especially knowing that he was probably half a second faster than you a lap. So you supposed to pass you clean? So you supposed to just let people pass people clean? Is that? I mean, you just even admitted that you would have done the same thing probably if you were Logano. The heck! I didn't admit that. Come on, we wanted if you guys are racers, you want to win. Second place person was faster than you by half a second a lap, and could have passed you clean, but deliberately drove under you and put you in the wall. You wouldn't have been mad. I'd be upset. Absolutely. 
what are you, it's racing. It's auto racing, man. Are we supposed to play nice all the time? Now play nice, kids. Play nice. Don't use the bumper. You know, like it's designed to do. Come on, There's guys. a difference in, mo- in using a bumper. He used a bumper. To move somebody and using a bumper to wreck somebody. He, he finished the race. No, nah, you're just people. trying to start an argument now. I'm no, no it's true. <laughs> no, nah, that's all you're trying it's to do. It's 100% true. From my seat. Yeah, Logano, from your seat. Logano, from, Logano, from a fan aspect. Okay. Now, how about you as a fan? Did you enjoy the race? Not not like that aspect. No, oh, give me a break. So you're saying that people driving and bumping and racing each other like that isn't fun? No. To watch. No? Come on, Charlie. Because I know what all goes into it. Okay, but I'm talking to you as a fan. Pure blood brand. I can't watch it from that aspect. What do you mean you can't watch it from that aspect? Of course you can. Mm-mm. What about you, Austin? You can watch it from a fan's aspect, right? Yeah. I, if he did it on the last lap, I think my my emotions would have been different. Uh, okay, fine. If it had been on the last lap, it was fine. But two laps to go? Yeah. I think that's what everybody's mad about and upset about is because he had two laps to go, not one lap to go. If it's one lap to go in the last two corners, absolutely. But it was two laps to go, and he had a better car. He could have done it cleanly. But he chose to do it on, on two to go instead of one to go. And, and I think that's that's where the controversy comes in. Okay. From a racer standpoint, from a fan standpoint, yeah, that's just where I, I think everybody's coming from. So it's more the fact that he, he did it with – a lap and a half to go vice on the final which, turn. Which makes it more of a on-purpose move. I'm not saying he did it on accident. I'm, I'm 100% convinced that Joey Logano drove in there harder than William Byron and bumped him going into the corner, which caused Byron to wash up the track and into the wall. I'm not debating that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, is it? I guess, it's, is, is it more justifiable to do that on the final lap, final corners, Vice two to go, a lap and a half to go. I mean, that's kind of what it's coming down to, I feel. It isn't a Logano versus Byron. Logano did this. It's when's a justifiable time to do that? I mean, on lap one, turn one, yeah, that's not going to be, that's not going to fly whatsoever. But with two to go, I feel like that's more than justified. I mean, on the given end, two to go, one to go is perfect time. Yeah. On the receiving end, you're not going to like it either way. Right, and and I think that's kind of the point here. We're not if you're on the receive if you're in William Byron's seat, you're not going to like it whatsoever. Whether it's on lap one or with one lap to go or with two laps to go, but if you're on Joey Logano's end, well, you know, I I because right. nobody likes to get moved out of the way for a win, but no. everybody loves to move somebody out of the way yeah, for a win. Everybody wants to make that highlight reel doing that, and now Joey Logano, unfortunately. William Byron's expense has that highlight real moment. And, you know, I, I think it's more of a, I, I don't know, if you, if you look at it from either driver, I see both drivers pointing for you and I see your guys' point of view t- as well. But I just, I mean, as, as, as uh, sitting there watching the race, it's like, Oh man, I can't, wow. He just did that. I mean, he wa- he wanted to win. Byron, I mean, from, from, from a fan's point of view, I will agree with that. That's what we want to see. Not with two to go, but you, but you want to see two cars battling out, and you want to see somebody laying the bumper, moving them up a groove. Not necessarily put them in the wall, but you want to see somebody get moved out of the way right? and and going to win the race. And because we all want to see that final lap, you know, Kurt Busch, Ricky Craven, 2003 at Darlington, come down to 
bumper to, you know, door to door in photo finish. You want to see that every weekend. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen every weekend. I think that takes away that that would eventually become routine. But seeing this, I mean, last year Truex dominated this race. I mean, the only contender up there was Kyle Larson, and he didn't even catch him. It was a Truex dominated race with a handful of cautions, including stage cautions last year. It was kind of boring, but this one, at least Logano made it interesting, got people talking. I think that's really the takeaway from the race weekend. I mean, regardless if you saw what Joey Logano did was dirty or not, you're talking about it. I think that's a bigger takeaway than what happened at the race. And just a heads up, we did do a Twitter poll, and uh, 94% of you, uh, the voters out there who follow us on Rambling About Race and thought the NASCAR races at Darlington were a better race than the Formula One race. So just a heads up. But, hey, we got Howie on standby here. Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, real quick, race of the weekend. I'm going to go with Xfinity race. Not saying the truck and cut race is bad. The second to last restart, uh, when Allgaier and Gregson just, they had to, you know, pull the belts tight and go to the front. I, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, I, I think if Gregson had one more lap, he, he could have pulled or went off. But watching them go from, I think it was 10th, 11th, maybe 12th and 13th, and go to the front, I, I really enjoy watching that. So I'm going to go with the Xfinity. All right, Charlie, what about you? Same thing here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Xfinity race this weekend as well. I enjoyed seeing uh, Allgaier finally get the monkey off his back this weekend and get a winner's belt. I would agree with you guys who Junior Motorsports showed up. Xfinity race, a clean three-way pick for the Xfinity race. Justin Allgaier winning. I enjoy seeing him win. I enjoy seeing Junior Motorsports run well. Xfinity race does it for me, although uh, talk of the town was the cup race, and I think it was good for the sport. caused a lot of people to start talking and maybe take a little more interest in the sport. But that was it. Uh, We'll get to the upcoming races on our final thoughts advice at the end of this segment. We're getting ready for Howie. Gentlemen, anything else before we get to talk with Howie? No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Folks, before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there, whether this is your first time listening to Rambling About Racing or your 129th time and further of listening to Rambling About Racing, about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Rambling About Racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, and so much for Austin, what was your experience with purchasing from the store uh, it was a great experience went on there put a sweatshirt a t-shirt and a coffee mug in my uh, shopping cart ordered it i think it took uh, two weeks to come in came in quality's great sweatshirt wears phenomenal uh, my wife wears a t-shirt when she goes to bed it's really comfortable so y'all really need to hop on and, and order some stuff all right and charlie for this month of may what's our promo code for this month everybody knows that None of us would be here without Mother's. And Mother's Day is in the month of May. In honor of Mothers Everywhere, this month's promo code is MOTHER. That sounds good. Mother's for Mother's Day for the month of May, and that will get you 10% off of your order on both Teespring and Bonfire. Go check them out. Links will be in the podcast description below. And on ramblingaboutracing.com, like Austin said, good quality gets there fast, and you'll look good in it as well, whether you're at your local short track there in South Alabama or at Daytona, Talladega, wherever you're at. So everybody, you're a fan of Rambling About Racing, buy some merchandise, and all purchases will help us here bring you more content in the future. Hopefully, 
more interactive content in the future. So go check it out again. Mother for the month of May for 10% off of your orders at Teespring and Bonfire. All right, guys. So now we're joined here on Ramble About Racing by Howie DeSavino. Howie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very good. How are y'all doing? Doing, doing great. great. Yeah, doing I'm glad to well. finally get you on the show. You know, been trying for a while. Uh, finally got the kinks worked out. I'm trying to learn about what you got in, uh, how you got into racing, and, you know, what led up to where you are now. Kind of start us off with really and truly, you know, your upbringings and, and what got you started. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was born on a farm, so I was around tractors and equipment pretty much my whole life. Uh, I got my first four-wheeler when I was about four years old. Um, so I've been driving stuff ever since I was very, very young. Really started to get into the NASCAR aspect when I was eight years old. And um, told my dad, I said, hey, I, I want to go to a NASCAR race. And luckily, I, I live in Chesterfield, Virginia, so Richmond Raceway was only 45 minutes away. We showed up there one, one race, and I uh, saw these small little cars and I said, hey, Dad, you know, I really want to race in one of those. And he was like, all right, cool. So we bought ourselves a car when I was around 13 years old, and that's when I actually uh, started racing was 13. And uh, we picked up a win my, my first season, and that's basically history for us is uh, we moved straight from little small cars to late-mile stock cars to ARCA to trucks and now Xfinity. So it's been a quick uh, few years for us. I got you. Now, what, what, did, you, uh, what did you start out in? What, what kind of series or whatnot? So now they're called the Mini Cup, but I started out in arena racing. It, it was uh, indoor ra- uh, racing. It was kind of like a small Bristol in the Richmond Coliseum. So uh, the, I, I ran the, the Mini Cup cars inside there. When, yeah, you, say, when nope. you say Mini Cup, you're talking about the ones that run the Honda GX390 motors? Yes. I've driven one as well. Yeah. But we, we, we don't run the small tires. Uh, when me and Charlie race that, we run the go-kart tires. But same concept, just a little bit bigger of a track. Okay. Yeah, how yeah. we... Charlie and Austin are both uh, drivers. I'm not. I'm just an enthusiastic fan. like to talk to drivers mm-hmm. up and coming, and they're the technical experts of the show here. But who exactly was it? Your dad got you into racing? I mean, you said, hey, I want to get into this. I want to do this. And how was his reception to that? Was he all for it? Was he all in? Or was he kind of like 13 years old, you really don't know what you want to do? Well, the dream started when I was eight. So it, it took me four years to actually get into a race car. Um, he was more of, you know, the protective side, like, Hey, I don't know. My dad, my dad does not like racing at all. And that's the weird part about it is he did not like racing at all. He was more of a football guy and, uh, he played football growing up, you know, regular sport. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years, but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 
sports. And um, when I showed interest in, in racing, uh, he was, he was kind of like, Hey, like, I don't know anything about it, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, honestly, the, the thing that sealed the, the deal about it was my mom was very like, Hey, it kind of seems dangerous. And then she kind of got to the point where she, where I, you know, I kept asking and she was like, yeah, I really don't care anymore. Just go out there and do it. My dad got me started in it and now he, and now he loves racing, but it was more of like trying to get my mom on board with it as well. And in doing that, I mean, did you do anything on the side to help promote? Like, I, I know there are some dads out there, I, I, mine in particular, that says, if you want to do this, you got to show me that you want it. So get a job, put in money towards it to show your commitment. Did he, did he have you do any of that? The only thing I really did was uh, work on the farm. You know, at, at that point, I couldn't drive or anything like that because I was only 13. So I just really, I, I just, honestly, I just worked my rear off on, on the farm and showed them that I can handle equipment. You know, I, I was driving the tractor when I was 13 years old, and that thing's super expensive. And, you know, uh, it's just not fast, but, you know, you, you, you can flip those and all sorts sort of stuff. So I really felt like that. I just showed maturity in the way that I drove. You know, the four-wheelers, dirt bikes, you know, all that type of stuff. What kind of farm did you have growing up? Uh, growing up, I mean, we had everything. We had turkeys, chickens, um, sheep, goats. Uh, we had a cattle. Um, I mean, we, we were we – we had a full-functioning farm. We basically – we raised our own meat. We grew our, our own food, and we were self-sufficient for a long, long time until my mom got sick, and we sold off all the animals because, you know, it was just too much to keep up with. So once you started racing, was your mom and dad like very, did they hold you back at all at all? Or did they say, let's, if we're going to do this, let's do this right for you and get you going. Mm-hmm. How, how, what happened at the age of 13 once you actually started driving? Uh, the first season, we didn't know what we were doing. So we kind of went to, you know, someone that we thought that they knew what they were, what they were doing, but they weren't giving us the full thing. So you know, I, I qualified in the A main. Like I qualified last almost every single race, and and my engine was just messed up, and all sorts of stuff like like that. And and so that's why when I was able to win that that my first race, it was more of a miracle than anything else. Because I mean, I, so much stuff was jacked up on my car, and of course we didn't know anything about it because this is our first year in racing. This is this still the mini cups? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're paying my ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the second year, that's when we said, all right, we're full fledged. Let's let's go with someone that we know is, is going to give us good stuff. And I mean, we had a bunch of poles that year. We, you know, I, I only have one win in my whole career. And that, and that was when I had a, a crappy car. <laughs> I, no, I only got one career win in round track. Don't feel bad. I'm 22. Been in five years. I'm 21. I've only been in for eight years. <laughs> so. At that point, that's when we went full flesh. Now, when we got into late models, you know, we were in a decent car. I mean, but we weren't going to finish top 10 in it. We went from having basically my whole career has been, you know, we've been in, in crappy stuff and decent and good. I mean, by the third year of late, in late models, we, we built our, a brand new late model stock car. And then we built a, a second one for the NASCAR Wheeling Series. And I mean, we won a bunch of poles, almost won a bunch of races, you know, at Southside Speedway, you know, it, it just shut down. I had a stellar year there. I finished uh, like seven times second place consecutively. And, and we came second in points with zero wins. And the guy in front of me had five wins and, and, and he beat me by two points. So it, it just goes to show you that, you know, when you have good equipment and you have the right driver that you can 
you can do really good stuff. Now, now, when you say some people, when you first started out, gave you bad advice, could you give me a for instance? Because I'm not a driver, never been a driver, <laughs> but could you <laughs> give me a for instance of like you asking for advice and what they would go, what they would say to you or the advice they give? Well, I think that Charlie and Halston could agree with this. You know, when you're running against someone else, you know, they'll, they'll try to get in your head, especially for your first few years. Like, like they'll, like they'll, they'll just say something to you just to get in your head. And uh, I, I went to people that um, had kids that were racing and I was racing against them. So obviously my setup was not going to be as good, you know, so you kind of fight with all that type of stuff as well. Cause I mean, of course they want to see their kid win and they want to see their kids succeed. So they're, they're not going to give, give some other kid, you know, a stellar race car that could beat their kids. Yeah, to elaborate on that a little bit, especially if it – I'm not sure, like, w- what your situation was where if, you know, if if y'all had money going to somebody to help with setups and stuff like that. But, you know, it's very easy to get taken advantage of, especially when you start throwing money yeah. towards people. But if you're racing against some same people that you're paying to help you, it's very easy to get taken advantage of and get fed false information if they're in the slightest bit what's the word intimidated intimidated yeah uh that you may go out there and actually outrun them with them helping you um in the same class so would would it be wrong to say to all three of you since you're all three drivers that wouldn't you want i know you want that competitive edge but would it be safe to you know you want to not dominate the track, but you want competition. You want to be able to develop as a driver, so you want good competition. So wouldn't it be okay to say that, hey, yeah, we'll help you out because I want to race against you and beat you on the track and not beat you in the pits or the mental game? Yeah, but it, at the end, it's about wins. I, and I think all three of us all agree on that, too. <laughs> I mean, it, and to, like, elaborate a little bit more, more on that, I mean, if you if you can go out there and you're 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 the setup guy, right? And you're set up everyone else's car, you want the championship. If there's if there's money in it, you want the money. You know, that's just the kind of the way that you know that kind of was. You know, everyone wanted to to have their their name up front all the time. Competitive wise, I mean, yeah, it's it's cool when when you're competitive, but if you can dominate it, then why then why not dominate it, right? I mean, I, I would do, do the same thing. If I could win all 12 races, I would go out there and win all 12 races. Fair enough. I mean, that's just me kind of stirring the pot right there. But what would you say is the biggest thing you took away and, and you started getting competitive and started running those second place? What was the thing that did that? Was it just you and your team learning the car and learning how to drive and everything that goes into it? Or was there external factors that helped out with that? Yeah, that so that year that I finished all those second places, you know, I, I had a really good good crew chief. He built my race car, so he knew everything about it. This was in late models, and and you know, big shout out to Craig Oliver and Torp Chassis. You know, they uh, they they really they they gave me bad fast cars each and every week, uh, no matter how many clients they had. Every car was fast. At that point, I I really feel like that he was my crew chief, my spotter. He knew everything about that car. He knew how to adjust on the cars. So for that being said, I mean, then it's all up to my hands. And that year, you know, I would practice every single Friday before that race. So I, that year, since I was in the car so much, I mean, my, my talent was definitely up, you know, and, and, I, and I knew that track. I could close my eyes and, and drive into turn three full throttle and know exactly when to break. I mean, like, that's how I, I just knew that track so very, very well. How did that relationship with Chad uh, develop and start? 
there was this one year, you know, I was stuck in, in the mid pack and I was in a decent car. Um, wreck after wreck after wreck. I mean, we just wrecked every single race that, that season. And Craig just walked up and said, Hey dude, if you want, if you want a fast car, here's my car. So at that point we were like, all right, cool. We, we have, we have no help at the track and we basically just called him up and said, Hey, what can you do for us? And we saw improvements as soon as he started setting up our, our cars. And then the next year he, he built cars for us. Yeah. Charlie saw an improvement when I started spotting for him too. So. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, so you make it up to the Wheelin' Series, and, and now you're running up in the in the NASCAR sanctioning and NASCAR sanctioned races. How did you do in Wheelin' and moving forward to eventually a Cup and Xfinity car? How that transaction happened? Yeah, so I mean, you know, driving the the, the Wheelin' Series, uh, I think now it's called the Advanced Auto Parts Series or something like like that. But um, you know, moving from that, I mean, we have some pretty stout competition. Even even there, I mean, you, you you got guys that are out spending guys there, winning races left and right. You know, right now Lane Riggs, I mean, he, in late models, he's on fire. He's he has a bunch of wins. Um, you know, you have the Peyton Sellers. You know, I race against Philip Morris, all those guys. So um, moving up, I mean, I only ran I think like six or seven wheeling races, and then we moved straight to ARCA. And, you know, the transitions between that, I mean, a late mile stock car, you know, it's cool and fun until you hop into an ARCA car, which is heavy, and you basically have to just drive them way different. So you go for something that you know pretty much your whole life, moving up to a heavy car, the brakes, you know, they're way better. It's just a, it's, it's a huge adjustment. So in my first ARCA race was at Elko, Minnesota, and, I mean, we qualified 13th out of 27 cars or something like that, and we finished 10th that that night. But I mean, we were we had some stout competition there. Uh, I was racing against Chandler Smith, Christian Eckes, all those guys. You know, moving up from you know Arca to Trucks, Trucks, Trucks. That that's just a stout field right there. I mean, you got so many good trucks. I I truthfully believe in Truck Series that you know the top 18 could, could all win the race. That that's how serious it is. Moving to Xfinity Series, now I have to learn a whole new car. It's just been constantly learning and learning and learning different cars as the year goes on. Now, I'll, I'll personally say that trucks, to me, was an easier transition from ARCA to trucks than, say, going from ARCA to Xfinity. Because Xfinity cars are just hard to drive. Now, did Chad or anybody else follow you up from the Wheeling Series to the trucks and Xfinity Series or in the ARCA Series? Or were you kind of just saying, hey, you're... We're done. We're done here in the wheeling series. Good luck in the next phase of your career. That's a really good question. I mean, he owns his own business, and that's strictly the late mile stock cars. So it was it was one of those, those deals. I mean, he was a great crew. He he's a great crew chief, but you know, it's kind of hard to you know work on my you know Arca car and run your own business building late mile stock cars. So it, it was one of those deals where we kind of just shook hands and said, hey, you know. In the future, if we run a late mile race, I would love for it to be with you type of deal. And we both understood that, you know, I wasn't going to be in late miles forever. I wanted to move up. And he knew that we and we all just understood that. So we just kind of moved on past each other, if that makes sense. Is, is it is, is he like a chassis builder or is it one of the Anthony Camp, uh, Camp Ra- or Camp, you know, Anthony. ACR Campy Racing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they get you set up with the teams and stuff like that, and they're kind of bringing the late models to the track and all that. Or, or did y'all purchase some cars from them? Or yeah, he he physically built the car. 
there's a difference between you know pro late miles, super late miles, and right. late mile stocks. Right. Miles right. and late miles stock cars. Right. So, what what I'm asking is, um, like, is it like a deal where like y'all are fronting some money for certain races during a year, or are y'all purchasing cars from them? Mm-hmm. We we purchase cars from them. Okay. And then they, yeah, I got you. And, and they build it and set it up. So oh, okay. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like Augie Grill does. Oh, I got you. Kind of like Augie Grill operation then. Buy it from them. Buy it from them. You pretty much pick a track. They come help you set it up for that track. Yeah. Yeah. Not an Anthony Campy where they just show up with the car. Yeah, Anthony Campy pretty much fronting 20 grand a race, and they show up, and you're – yeah, I got you. Yeah, you cut them a check and say get in. And all you got to do is mash the gas, turn left, and keep it off the wall. Yeah, and then, like, when you start racing, like, you know, professionally, you know, in in the ARCA stuff, I mean, that's basically what you do. You know, you you don't – you don't just yeah. They don't build you a car. No, you're, you're you're with that team, so to speak. Yeah, I like I like I race pro late models with uh, Rackley War, and I mean that's I mean they have some bad fast cars too. Oh, and Willie Allen knows your shit. Oh yeah, Willie Allen. Uh, he was <laughs> he is a wheel man. So for those of you, for those of us, I should say out there in Ramblin' Route Racing Nation and myself, what's the difference between a pro late model, super late model, and the other one? And so your, just, your your pros and your supers, your pros are more of a here's here's a set yeah here's your set rules. They're pretty much running the same size tire all around. Your super late models can run a bigger right side tire. Your super late models they're a little bit open on the engines. Um, where your pro late models you can run a built engine, but a lot of your guys run a crate engine. There's some there's some weight rules there. A lot of your I mean your bodies are practically the same. Speeds are a little bit different. There, there's some other rules as, as far as that goes as well. Uh, but that's that's your biggest difference is is engines, uh, speeds, tires, stuff like that. That's going to be your biggest difference. Uh, super late models, you, you know, you you go to, we'll just say money wise, like hey, you you know, this is going to be your. We want to make this as money tight as possible where super late models hey if you want to as long as it meets regulation you can throw as much money at this car as you want to um and then late model stock you know i haven't gotten into the late model stock as much as we have pros and supers because they're just they don't run them down here uh it's all pros and supers down here Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So. Well, it, it's also chassis way different. So the yeah. um, so so the pro supers are straight rails. Now, late mile stock car that that's like a you know a chassis that it kind of looks like a uh, 
Xfinity cars. You know, it, it's not a it's, it's not a straight rail. What's a straight rail? Yeah, boys, want to answer that? You know, I was I, hoping, <laughs> I, oh, you don't know, Howie? I mean, I, I don't know what a straight so, rail. The, the straight rails, I, I mean, you can kind of just like look at the chassis. Okay. And you'll see that the that the actual chassis is just more straight. And then like, so, so where the body actually hangs off the side, that's just bars going out. Now, so it's just straight like that. So when you look at a Lamont stock car, you have the front clip, the center, and then the rear clip, right? So it, it actually just it, like it's straight, and then it goes out like a like a regular stock car. Right. Okay. Okay. That makes sense now. That's the only way that I can explain it personally. Yeah, that's, I, that's perfect with, for me. Without, it's hard to explain without you just having a picture or two of them in front of you, or a pen and a paper and drawing it. And yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. You know, without okay, yeah. We, we'd be able to explain it better with pictures for you, Matt, because uh, you're more of a pop-up picture book type guy. So. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. White piece of paper and a blue crayon. We'll get you hooked up. There It's true. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, this is why we have drivers come on and stuff. I'd like to learn more about the stuff. Okay, so, Howie, you make it up to the ARCA series, and we had Austin Terrio on back in February, and I know you work with Austin. Did you start working with Austin once you hit the Xfinity or – the ARCA series, I should say, or how did that relationship start? Because I know he's a driver coach now. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm actually Austin's first client. I met him at Myrtle Beach Speedway for the Myrtle Beach 400. And uh, that was a big uh, late model race, late model stock car, not not super or pro. And um, basically, I went into the corner. My crew chief said, hey, man, it's qualifying. You know, you got to, you know, basically let your balls hang. I was like, all right, cool. So I did exactly what he said. I drove that car in 10 car lengths too deep, almost put it against the wall, and uh, almost tore up my race car. And afterwards, we, we finished 55th out of the whole, whole field because I just botched the, the, the whole qualifying. Austin saw me, you know, one, sitting on my car. I was all, you know, down and stuff. I was probably like 17 years old. And uh, next thing you know, he, he walks up and like, hey, you know, I'm Austin Terrio. I did not know who he was. Of course, I watched the – Arco season that whole season right and and i knew who he was but I, I didn't put like you know a name to the face right later on he dms me he's like hey you know i, I would love to talk to you more you know and this and that and so eventually he came up to my house in virginia and he said hey you know um i, I want to see where we can take this and so we so we signed with austin and and uh the, the rest is history i mean so we ran late models with him and then we moved he's the one who took us to arca did, that sounds did, like how I met this Austin. I, I kind of took him under my wing from many cups and saw that he was struggling and got him his first win, and here he is now, you know. <laughs> no, he's still, still you ugly. And, you need to go use bathrooms. You feel <laughs> now, now, I saved you, all right? After the fourth t- race car you told him, I was like, this guy needs a spotter. And there I showed up. When he hooked you up with the Arca ride, was that through Ken Schrader? Was that through his team, or was that through another team? It was through another team, uh, Wintron Racing. Okay. So I drove the 32 for my whole ARCA career. And, and when was that? That was, man, you, you make me think now, 2019. Okay, so so no, not, not that long ago. I was 18 ago. years old. I okay. was 18 years old when I, when I first hopped into one. All right, and what was that like? Was it like I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor pay off i mean because i mean 
not everybody makes it to that position in ARCA. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to. Everybody really strives for that, but not everybody gets that opportunity. You were lucky enough to meet Austin Terrio there in Myrtle Beach, and you did. I mean, did you find that as a – how was your initial reaction? I mean, driving that first season in 2019 in the ARCA series, like what was your mindset like then? Well, I mean, the mindset going into it before we even met Austin was someone will see that I got talent and they'll pick me up. You know, that, that's what most people think until uh, Austin basically gave us that rude awakening saying, hey, that's not how it works. You have to have partnerships and you basically have to pay for it. And so Unfortunately. We, yeah, that's why me and Charlie ain't in the Xfinity series right now. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, but there's so much talent out there. You know, and, and that's the thing that, that, that killed me about it is because there, there is so much talent out there. But you got to th- think about it. There's only 38 cars that, that start. There's a bunch of talent out there. there, there there's thousands of drivers that, that are super talented. But there's not a thousand spots. I'm too old now. Whew. Hey, well, now, you're never too old. Yeah, no, but that, then when you get up there, I mean, did Austin mm-hmm. coach you through the ARCA series? But Because by then he was already a champion, already established, I'm mm-hmm. sure, as a driving coach. Was he helping you throughout that season? Oh, oh yeah. And, and, I mean, he and how he's, yeah. he still coaches me to well, this day. Well, how does well, how does he do it? Because you know, we had Austin when we had Austin on. He towards the end of the show, he was talking about, "Hey, I'm driver coach now." And now, what does he do as a driver coach? Basically, I mean, he's there at the, at the racetrack with me, and and if he sees my car push up, he'll ask me why. Was it tight? Was it loose? And then when I give him. You know, my feedback, he says, hey, well, you know, back at the corner a, a little bit, you know, get like arc it in more like just basically. I mean, he's so knowledgeable about about racing and he's so good to where he could just look at my car and say, hey, you need to back up the corner. You need to arc it in and, and let, let the car roll, let the car roll, you know, now hit the gas. Wish I had a spotter that would do that. He does all the damn time. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow, guys! So, <laughs> hey, you look like a bulldozer going through three and four. Just to let you know. So, so it's how get heated in here tonight? <laughs> yeah, well, and then we still have yet the rest of the show to do. So, yeah. it should be interesting. I'm not getting beer, buddy. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Austin is is, is going to go hop in his car here soon, and, and then I, I'm going to see him on Charlie's screen. Un, unfortunately, we're two hours away. But oh don't, yeah, yeah. Don't we're, think we're I not know where he lives. Yeah, so Austin's two hours away from me, and then we're both like six hours away from Matt. Yeah, I'm in South Carolina. And, They're in Alabama. Okay. I actually ran down in Alabama, Montgomery, Motor Speedway. Yeah, so Austin's like 30 minutes from Montgomery. Yeah, that Speedway. track is 30 minutes from my house. And it's 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 a fun track. Uh, when I own my – we call it a roadrunner down here. I'm pretty sure I call it beer stocks. I actually ran a car, ran a couple races, finished second, third, never win, but we'll get there. We'll That's all right. Just, just that car. Plugging oh, that, that bitch is gone. So – yeah, so, uh, Howie, up to this point in your career, what's been your biggest accomplishment in racing that you could say, okay, I'm, I'm starting to go somewhere with this? You know, honestly, I made it to Xfinity Series. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big of, uh, accomplishment as it is, uh, just being being able to say that, you know, we're in the Xfinity Series. Well, not only um, the Xfinity Series, I mean, at Morningsville, behind Dale Jr., right around Dale Jr., I, mean, I out-qualified him. <laughs> you out-qualified Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, that was amazing. I watched that race, and I was listening to your scanner. Ooh. And the, yeah, I was li- – well, it was funny because I, I I know I wanted to bring you on the show and this stuff happened, but mm-hmm. I saw you making your first Xfinity start, and I said, well, I'm going to listen to Howie Scanner. And when okay. that drivetrain broke, 
I, I can't repeat what was said. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure and a lot of frustration underneath the car. But, I mean, I felt so bad for you. But the only thing I was thinking be, before, when that race started was, if Howie just moves Dale Jr. out of the way, his name will be known throughout the NASCAR world. Yeah, I mean, of course. I just wanted to finish a race. That, that, that's really, that was my only goal, was just to finish all 250 laps. If you go down a lap, whatever, we'll get it back. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Dale passed me, and I knew that he was going to go through the, like a freight train. I, I, I don't know how to pass a Martinsville. I've never, even made, I've never made a pass an Xfinity car. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to follow Dale. Dale passed me. You know, I, I start missing my marks, and you probably heard him say, hey, back up the corner. We started catching them yeah. again. Next thing you know, I mean, I come off of two. Oh, wait, I, I come off four. I have a, a vibration in my rear. Me, me being the driver, I am. I'm like, oh, it'll fix itself, whatever. And by the time I came off two, <laughs> it blew through the roof. <laughs> you, you fit in this little circle. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Ah, it, it'll fix stuff. Did that go through your mind, though? I mean, what goes through your mind? You're about to start an Xfinity race, your first Xfinity race at NASCAR's most historic track behind. By far, one of NASCAR's most, you know, well-known drivers. Even fans of Nat that aren't fans of NASCAR, people that aren't fans of NASCAR, know who Dale Jr. is. Oh yeah. And you sit there. I mean, is the pressure on, or are you thinking, like you said, just finish the race? Who cares who I'm around? He's just another competitor. Yeah, I mean, it. See, it's crazy because Dale was my hero growing up. You know, I so I wanted to say something to him. You know. At driver in, intros, but unfortunately I couldn't because everyone that was a fan was calling him over to get an autograph and whatnot. I didn't have time to talk to him. That's right. Hey, buddy, sign my fire suit. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why Charlie never gets to talk to me before a race because I'm too busy signing autographs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, that at, at that moment, it was more of, okay, you know, it's, you know how you get in that zone. Just This is game time. You, you, you're ready to rock and roll. You're not do worried you, about do you, right. Do you have a favorite song you listen to before you race? I listen to nothing before I race. Oh man, you gotta have the favorite song. I listen on on the way. About what what's what yeah, I was not saying. There's, right, there's, there's a favorite song I jam out to the racetrack, and that's that sets your mind once you pull through the gate. If if you if you wanna know the song that me and my buddy were, were jamming out to on the way there, are y'all f- familiar with country music? Well, yes. Okay. Not, Alan Jackson. Not, live in South Jackson. Alabama. Not, what, what song by Alan Jackson? Freight Train. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, that, that I mean. It's it driving this car like a freight train. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But I was, yeah, after that race, I mean, when that happened, I was really bummed for you because I really wanted to see you do well. Are, are there any plans in the future of you running more Xfinity races this season, if not next season? Oh, yeah. No, we got four more. We okay. got four more. Where at? Well, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that that you were bummed out. I, I was too, sitting there with a drive shaft flopping up next to me, and I mean, metal shot through my roof. Like that's how serious Holy it was. Cow. Yeah, it, it was. It was only about three inches from my leg too. I was like, oh, could have died. Yeah, I, yeah. We, we Matt, about Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt's over here. Like, oh, I I was bummed. Like, really, Matt? You think you were bummed? Think of how he felt. Well, well I, I mean, mean, he he heard how I felt if he was listening to the yeah, Oh, yeah. I, I See, that, that's what I don't agree on NASCAR. Like, NASCAR should play the scanning, like, on TV. Well, if they really <laughs> want ratings, yeah, <laughs> they should play the broadcast how it should be broadcast. I, I know it. this is a different segment, but they should play it. Well, now, they, they can play me. 
No, they can't but, play us. We, they, they can play some of these drivers. In, in we, all, wouldn't, we wouldn't go to sensitivity training. We would teach the damn class. In all fairness, I'm, Howie's scanner was on the broadcast, just not the parts that I'm thinking of. And that's just <laughs> that's just normal, I'm sure. But, I mean, that had to be frustrating. But where are you racing coming up here? I'm racing New Hampshire. Okay. And then I'm going to Kansas. And this next one that I'm going to name off is going to be my biggest race I've ever raced in. We're going to Talladega. Oh, in the fall. Oh, y'all, y'all better be out there, I, Alabama. I, hey, listen, I, you give me a t-shirt and a pit, and a pit pass, I'll be there. Or we, I mean, we're we're thinking about maybe going down there, but now that gives me extra motivation to go down there because then we'll yeah. just say we're camped out here, Howie. Come hang out. Especially after the race, because I, I, I see I, I see what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, or before, I mean, not before the race. I think Charlie would. I, I could speak from experience. Charlie would just crack open a beer at eight for breakfast, and we can't have that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be great. So Talladega, Kansas, New Hampshire, and what was? And the then fall? we have Martinsville again. Okay, in the you fall. have Martinsville again in the fall. But Talladega is the one you're looking forward to. Why is that? Because I could win that, and right. no one can win it. That, that that's the thing about it is. You know, if I if I'm in the right place, the right time, yeah, I mean, anyone can win it. I mean, literally, anyone can win it. It, it. It's not it's not about who has the most money. It's not about any of that at that point. It's just let's see who who can get through the crashes. Now, how how tall are you? Me, I'm I'm a short guy. I'm I'm only like five eight. Charlie, bring your fire suit that Talladega race. Yeah, I can, I can be his backup on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure he has a backup driver for that day. Well, I'm just, I mean, you know, the, the, the cars are set up based off of weight, too. So, okay. Have to oh, no. How, how much you weigh? I weigh 145. Not Charlie. I ain't but about 40 pounds from double in that. Oh, boy. So, I well, mean, 60, 60 pounds from double okay, in that. 60. So. That sounds right. So, Howie, Talladega, I mean, I'm kind of focused on Talladega right now. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I gotta get, at this point, I got to get Royce Camper for sure now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw on the uh, on the standings right there for Martinsville this past race that it's your own team that's racing this, right? My own team? Right. You mean Alpha Prime? So is it Alpha Prime that's your own family team? Is it a family team? Or how's oh, that? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, I don't own an X-Family team. <laughs> oh, okay. Because no, no, no. <laughs> I kind of, I, I thought it was, I thought it said, your your name now and their team. I am a driver at Alpha Prime. Okay, so what's Alpha Prime? I mean, who are they? What do they do? I mean, how do they yeah. approach you? So Tommy Joe Martins and Caesar Baccarella own it. Caesar Baccarella owns a workout company called Alpha Prime. I've heard of that. Right? Yeah, it's right here. You know, essentially, you know, what sounds better? You know, Alpha Prime Racing. I mean, that that just sounds amazing. So they named it Alpha Prime Racing, and Austin approached them because they don't approach drivers. Basically, the drivers come to them and say, hey, you know, I, I want to run this race, this race, this race, this race. And Austin, we got a chance. Yeah, and then you just, need to sell a couple more roofs this month. I'll be up there. There you go. I need to get another car, Rick, and uh, see if I can't get an insurance claim out of the next one. I'm, whenever I'm at Walmart or something, do, do y'all like look both ways b- b- before you cross oh, the street? All the time. Yeah. Really? Time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wait for someone to hit me, raise some money right there. I, I'm a so, firefighter, Howie. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I respond to those and like, what happened? I'm like, I, I need a racing money. I need an entry fees. Well, I guess I'm like, what? My house, my house is going to be on fire tomorrow. And I'm going to need you to somehow deem it 
not my fault, and I'm going to need some money. I'm not an investigator yet. So, Howie, back to Alpha Prime Racing. So, you, 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 Austin and you approached them saying, we want this, and we want to race these races. Were they open to you racing, or how, mm-hmm. how did that whole conversation go? I had to get approved from trucks to run Xfinity. So, I was approved um, last season off of the truck races that I ran. Basically, we, we just searched for some Xfinity rides, basically, to where we can – go and do the races that, you know, we're able to afford. We kind of just approached Tommy and said, Hey, you know, this is, we want to do these, these, these races. And he said, okay, you know, I have these, these races open. And then we just chose from them and we signed uh, a contract with them. And now we're a Alpha Prime driver. Are there, are there, are these guys, is Alpha Prime one of that, one of those teams that say, we're going to test out all these drivers. And then if, we see one that's a potential full-time racer. We'll sign them for the whole year. That's, that's based all off of money. That has nothing to do with, uh, that's just the way that it is now. <laughs> you know, it, it's not, it, you, you would have to bring, bring money to that. You know, that's why I, I don't think that they have a full-time driver, but like, it's crazy. I have like nine teammates. We're constantly switching out teammates and cars and right. whatnot constantly. So, um, but yeah, so, Back to what I said, you know, how I, how I thought I would get picked up uh, racing late models and someone would, would see talent. Yeah. It's the same way up there. You know, you, you have to bring money and sponsorship. Now, does that hinder a driver trying to make his way up, or does that drive a driver more? I mean, that's poor choice of words right there, to go out there, bust his butt. I mean, well, actually, do you do anything? What, what do you do on the side when you're not racing? Let's ask that. Um, I mean, I mainly – focus on just racing that, okay. that that's my job is to focus on, on racing right um you know i of course I, I look for potential partners and you know for next year and what we're doing uh i might be starting a little bit of a side job because uh, now i'm living in, in north carolina just to pay off you know the my trainer bills and stuff like that you know yeah i could do side stuff but my main f- focus is on racing we've had a lot of drivers come on in the past and work on the cars himself. Amber Slagle, she wraps the cars for GMS. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of other drivers work for teams like Rayun Brothers Racing has a lot of developmental drivers, and they work oh. on the cars. And I, I've noticed when doing research on you, you had a little partnership with Rayun Brothers in the truck series, if I'm not mistaken. No. Nope. Okay, well, then no. now. Wikipedia, You're mistaken. Wikipedia is a bad no source for information. There. Yeah, okay. But I mean, do you do? Are you do you have any aspirations to do anything for race teams to get your yeah? Uh, so when it comes down to that, I am very mechanically inclined. But the problem that I deal with is this is such a professional sport that I would rather the professionals do it because if I messed up on something and something fell off the truck or something bad happened. That's on me now, right? So that's why I kind of like lead it up to that's what they do. Now, I'll, I'll go in the shop. I'll, I'll clean my own car. Like, that doesn't bother me. You know, working on my own car do- doesn't bother me. But when it comes down, I mean, you know, I didn't put in my, my, my drive shaft and, and it blew up. It wasn't my fault. You know, like, like, like that's the way that, that I think about it. Right. It's kind and, of like plausible deniability that, at that point, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, okay. There's, there's so many different people. In, the, in these shops and stuff nowadays that have particular skill sets for particular jobs and, and that's what they're hired to do and, and so it, it's, it's hard to say that you're just going to come in and do 
these few different tasks and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Howie on that one. So, it, well, and like, I don't mind going in and helping out. Yeah, no, no doubt. But to say that, you know, I'm responsible for, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, if, at, from the driving aspect, you know, if I'm going to come in as a driver to the shop, I would love to do that. Hands down. Absolutely. Look, I love fabricating stuff. No doubt. And, and like, you know, at, on the local track level stuff, sure. Like, you know, me, Austin, Jeff, and all of us, we, we have to work on all our own stuff and get it ready for the race. And, and you know, if, if something breaks, and it's inevitably on us regardless. But at that top level type stuff, that's what those guys are paid to do. That That's their responsibility. So when it comes – on the driver's side of stuff, no doubt, I I don't want to come in and have that added pressure and that added responsibility put on me to be responsible for getting that ready for the race as well. If, right, if that it, makes sense. And it's not only that. Like when I when I worked on when I had late uh, late models, I, I worked on all those cars, all mm-hmm. my own cars. I own them. Yeah, right? it's different when I own them. Absolutely. These are I don't I don't own these cars. Again, I don't mind cleaning them. Like that doesn't bother me. But you know, putting in putting in a drive shaft or a transmission or putting in an engine, right? I can do all those things. That that's not hard. But the problem is is if you do and something goes wrong, it's not it's your car. That, that one bolt you touch absolutely be the fatter. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 22 years old, and anytime I tighten up a lug nut, I'm like, "Hey man, go, you go check them lug nuts for me." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and so, so that's why I personally, I would feel bad if if I worked on one of my teammates' cars and something that I was supposed to do went wrong. Now, there's faulty parts, and everyone knows that, but it, it, I would just feel bad knowing that I put that on the car, blah blah blah, it messed up because then I feel like it, that was my my responsibility. But basically what, you know, Charlie was saying was, you know, these guys are in the shop and they're getting paid to do specific jobs, as in to put in the engine or the the Mm -hmm. transmission. They are paid to do that. And they've been doing it for, I know, like like my crew chief, he's been crew chiefing since he was 12 years old. He's like 65. He's been been in, in the sport for over 40 years. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. Now, when it, now when it comes down to me, yeah, I'm, like I said, I don't mind I don't mind cleaning the car, but uh, don't expect me to be putting in anything or, or you know I'll, I'll, I don't mind taking out stuff, but putting it in, that ain't my job. All right, well, fair enough. Thanks for your honesty on that, because I'm, I'm kind of curious. Every driver has something different. Oh yeah, and in, in, in what they say, and I, I appreciate that. That's really nice to know that you're you're just straight up honest. Hey, I don't want to touch it. Because if I break well, it, that's like hey, everybody else's stuff that we got, uh, uh, Matt. You know, we got four cars, three of which I work on. Everybody else's stuff seems to run great. You know, it's my stuff that I work on that, you know, has fell out of two races this year. And we've been for whatever reason. You know, I do the same stuff to my car that I that I do to everybody else's. Um, and we finally got the kinks worked out of it for this past race that it actually ran. You know all the laps and we had a second place finish, but you know, for whatever reason, that's the same thing. You know, if, if something happens to all them cars, it, it's not, it's not those guys driving. It's, 
it's me. You well, it, so. you, you, you take it as your, your responsibility. Yeah. And which technically it's your responsibility, right? That, so Matt, I mean, to be honest, like, like that, I, I think that that's why, you know, some, some people are fine with it. And like I said, I'm very mechanically inclined. Working on stuff does not bother me, but I'm not gonna put myself in a position to where something bad could happen. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you don't have to, so you don't necessarily have the need to do it. Okay, that makes when sense. When somebody else is getting paid to do it, you'd rather no. watch yeah. somebody else do it than you do it yourself. <laughs> right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that makes one hundred percent sense right there. But now we're gonna shift gears. How about the truck series, Howie? Any plans to run any more races this season? I know we got Xfinity going on, but are you focused on Xfinity now and going for that? Or are you still working in the truck series racing that? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% Xfinity series. I know how a truck drives, but, it, you know, I, I'm still, you know, learning these Xfinity cars. And to be honest, like jumping back and forth when they drive so, so different, that, that, that really that's really hard on a driver to do that unless if you know you do full-time season and you know xfinity and you do full-time seasons in trucks or cup to where you can jump down and come right back up and be just fine but you know this year i mean i've only ran 38 laps you know this whole season out of 250 because you know my drop shaft blew up one lap 38 but you know, that, that's why, you know, I think that we're just going to focus on okay. Xfinity. Okay. And, and in doing that, I mean, do you have any aspirations? I mean, well, let me ask you this then. In, in networking with that, because AP isn't going to give you a full-time seat unless you have the money. I mm-hmm. mean, is that the way for all the Xfinity teams, or is that a normal standard Unless you have a sponsor who can back that money and bring it, bring you up, kind of like a Tyler Reddick did, replacing Daniel Hemrick a few years ago in the Cup Series. I mean, yep. I mean, do you have any leads on that, or what are you doing to procure a full time ride in the Xfinity Series in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm definitely having conversations. You know, um, I have nothing set in stone yet. We're we're still in this season, so uh, I, I got to focus on this season, and then you know. But I'm I'm starting to have these talks early, so that you know we we can potentially run ten races, eighteen races, whatever it is next, next season. Uh, but yes, correct. I mean that that's basically how the NASCAR world works. Is you know I could get kicked out of my seat next year. It, it that that's just the way it is. If if someone has you know more more money and, come, and goes to Alpha Prime and says hey I want to do a full full season they're like okay great. I mean. You know, I mean, uh, that, that that's just the, the way that the ball rolls around. And, you know, that's unfortunate because somebody could come in with less or, I mean, sorry, with more money and do more harm to that team than good. Exactly. Well, like I said, I mean, it, it's, I mean, there's thousands of drivers out there that have talent. But there's only 38 spots that, that, that get filled up. So when, when you asked me earlier, you know, what is one of the biggest uh, accomplishments that you've had? Just being one of the 38 is a big accomplishment. You know, we're, I'm one out of 38 guys in the whole whole country that get to do this. I mean, that right there is just, is just a accomplishment. And it, it is kind of crazy because, you know, I have a bunch of buddies of mine, and they don't see me as, like, you know, a professional and this and that because they see me as, you know, the jokester and whatnot. But, yeah, man, I mean, like, when, when I show up to racetrack, I mean, I'm, I'm all business. 
trying to get things done. I think that Austin knows that, and, and Charlie knows that as well. You know, when y'all when we all show up, I mean, y'all y'all aren't really joking around. Y'all y'all are up there to win races. Yeah, and I, I've seen that. I've seen Charlie race once, and I I don't know if it was Austin with him or not, but they were getting ready, and I was trying to kind of shoot the bull because I haven't seen Charlie in years up to that point i was like hey charlie what's up you know he's just like not now you know i was like yeah. all right buddy i guess you're busy and then i spotted for him for three laps and that was my spotting career right there yeah we we popped an engine that high, i think it was <laughs> I mean, so it's just one thing after another but howie i know the time is running short here on this and i do appreciate you showing up and learned a lot about you definitely going to keep an eye on you through the next four races hopefully see you at talladega that would be That'd great. Be awesome. But I got one question to ask you. I like to ask every driver. Okay. It's kind of an out of a left field question, but if you weren't racing and racing was didn't even enter into your life, what would you what do you think you'd be doing right now? Wow, that's a loaded question. Um I can Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Honestly, see me being a full-time rancher, you know, like <laughs> somewhere out west is just, just running a ranch. I could be doing that. Very good with machines. Uh, grew up on a farm, like I said earlier. I can do excavating, grading, um, start a business, doing that. Lawn care, I'm really good at that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really, I, I really haven't thought about that, you know, honestly, because I mean, from such a young age, I, I had in, in my head that I wanted to be a NASCAR driver. Never really ever thought thought about it, but I would probably say, you know, one of those is, is what I would be doing right now. All right, straight up. I mean, because, I mean, when I was your age, I was in the Marine Corps in Iraq. I mean, I turned 21 in Iraq, and I was thinking, man, I really sucked to die on my birthday, and I'm glad I didn't. So, I well, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's a good question, Austin. I know, I mean, I wish you the best of luck. You have a, a, such a good story, and all, all of your hurdles that you have jumped over, and, I mean, just your short time racing and your short time here on life, you, you're showing ambition, and I can see the drive in you, and I can see that you, I hope that can be an established name, that Howie D. Savino. That Howie, D, that Howie D. Savino. Jesus I'm Christ, so, it's not that hard. I am so sorry I'm butchering your name, Howie. That Howie D. Savino <laughs> what, is, is going to be. Italian, no worries. I, I, and that, that's the thing. I love Italian culture and food and stuff. That, yeah, you're going to be an established driver one day if you just keep at it, man. I mean, you're still young. You, you still got to drive, and I mean, don't let anybody stop you. The only one who can stop you is you, man. For sure. Well, I, I do want to say thank, thank you for your service. I certainly appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely come on down to uh, Alabama or 
Y'all are already there. I'm sorry. Well, come on down to Talladega and and whatnot, and uh, I'll I'll get I'll get y'all's y'all's number, and then uh, we'll we'll set up a little group chat and. Uh, I think we can make that happen. And, yeah, and if you I, definitely, I think, I think we need to plan on, on making that happen I for think, sure. I think we too on Talladega Boulevard. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. But, Howie, if you ever race Darlington, that's in my backyard. I want to know if you race Darlington. And if so, I shoot uh, photographs for Speedway Media. Okay. So I'm going to try to get credentials for that race and see you on pit road and get some good shots of you. But that'd yeah, be awesome. But yeah, that'd be great. But Howie, thank you for your time. I mean, anything else got Austin and Charlie for Howie here? I, I, I do have one thing. When you were talking about your friends calling the jokester, can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Oh yeah, I mean, like when I'm when I'm with my buddies, I mean, I'm just that that that, that dude. You know how there's always that one funny person in the group. That's me. So do your buddies race too, or is it just you that races out of the group? It's just me um, out of my group of, of buddies um, that that races. So, so essentially, what I'm trying to get at is like they they have their daytime jobs, and like when I'm, you know, down here and they're in Virginia, they'll 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 call me like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh man, just at just at, at the shop." And like, "Oh man, well your job's so easy." Blah blah blah. I'm like, mm, "Not really, man. It really isn't." <laughs> Which I know that y'all can relate on that because racing is one of the hardest things to do. Finding partners, doing this and that—it's just hard. But do they do they give you a lot of flack about racing? Like you should, like they ever tell you you should be doing something else or stuff like that? I do have a buddy that that uh, that he does he does critique a few things, and then I have to humble him down a little bit. Like, hey, when's the last time you, you drove a, a NASCAR truck? Thank you. I, I grew up like that I had a bunch of kids you know like hey where are you this weekend man I'm going racing and they'd always be like you know, why don't you come hang out with us and like you said you gotta hone them down like when's the last time you, you strapped in a car and you want to race like, when's the last time you got a piece of plastic you know trophy or some money so I just I struggled with that growing up um, I struggle with it some now with my friends at an older age but if there's any advice I can tell you they start giving you flack tell them to go jump in the lake well, I, I done told him one time, man, I mean, because I, I work out every single day. And, I mean, I, I train specifically for, for racing. And then they, they're like, oh, man, I'll, I'll, I, I could do what you do, right? I mean, some of my friends just, you, you know. know they, I, they I, I hate that because I hear people that I work with as well. Um, well, you know, people that race aren't real athletes. I'm like. By all means, like getting one of these cup lights, which are like the Allison Legacy cars, getting one of these yeah. cars to run twenty five laps to see yeah. if you ain't uh, ain't freaking dog tired after twenty five laps. Like, I'm gonna tell you this: I I ran Richmond in trucks last year. The last fifty laps to go, my power steering blew. I had no power steering for the last fifty laps. And so I imagine after 50 laps, um, especially down at, at Richmond, Richmond's straightaway is not a straightaway. It's curved the whole whole time. So um, my triceps are burning. You know, I'm, I'm just going into the corner. And then afterwards, someone's like, well, you know, like like your your truck just, just didn't look like it was entering the, the, the corner. I was good. I was like, really? I wonder, I wonder why. So I, you, you know, I wonder why. It makes you feel any better. I finished second last race with a broke hand. It does make, make me feel better. Oh, and it's, it's kind of not the same right there, Charlie. I feel I feel that's like night and day comparison. I, I don't have power steering either. No, time out now. I run two hundred fifty laps. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I didn't run 250 laps, but I just did drive 15 laps lap power steering, and I know the struggle. It's, I mean, it, it, mine was 15, it's yours was 50. It's, it's not, because you go in the corner, you get you a bite, and you got to come back and get another bite. I, I know where you're coming from on that one. Uh, I so ran faster I, in Austin's car than Austin I'm, 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 when, when people essentially talk crap to me and stuff, you know, I just I just kind of let them say what they want to say, but then, yeah, no, it's wanna, not easy. It's really I don't not. I don't want to be that you know that 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 cocky kid that that you know just like shuts them down. But then I let them talk 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 until I deem that it's it, it's a little bit too far, and that's when I humble them down. I'm like all right, and, that, and that's that's the best thing you can do. Just yeah. just let them run because they're jealous because they're not getting it, eventually do. they're going to put their own foot in their mouth. You just let them run their mouth because. It, it takes it takes being some type of athlete to race a freaking car. I'm sorry. Oh, it does. well, and, and and I tell everyone, I'm like, you know, in trucks last year at Texas and in, in three or four, you were wide open. It's the most uncomfortable feel. You're going 185 into a corner, wide open, and you and you stay flat, flat footed. I told my my buddies, I'm like, man, I I wish that you were running that that, that race just so that I I could see. You. I mean, you were pucker up so much doing that, but. Us, we're, I mean, we're just kind of built for it, right? Couldn't squeeze BB up your butt. Right? <laughs> and here I am. The only, the closest I've gone into racing is I racing. Yeah. yeah. What do I know? I, that's why I sit here and just, uh-huh, cool. Oh, wow, this is interesting. I, t- I tell you what, you purchase a fire suit with seat belts, and you go run 250 laps with no AC, no fan on, you'll know how we feel. <laughs> okay, let me sure. let me throw this at you guys then. Drive running into a building that's 800 degrees, and every, and everything's on fire. It's not the same, but give me a break. It's two different yeah, types I've of... I've been on a roof in South Alabama during the summer. <laughs> oh, okay. I've been on a roof when it's on fire. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> we, could, we could do this all day and not get anywhere, gentlemen. But, yeah, no, I admire what drivers do over there. If you actually want, like, to know what it, it would be like to drive a race car... When you're when you have a long a long drive, say it's a four hour drive. Okay. Literally roll your windows up summertime, turn the heat all the way up, and just drive. You don't have to wear a helmet, you don't have to just just heat on and go for four hours straight. And you can have water ne- next to you because I drink water while while I race. And then you'll start to, to see like when your mind starts to deteriorating, right? And I had to learn that this year because with my team we did Navy SEAL training. Oh wow! And um, we were up for twenty four. Oh, well, we were up more than twenty four hours. I, I was up for about give or take thirty six. Right. But you really can tell what like, and I know that you probably know knows Matt, but like, your mind's a very powerful place, and, and oh, once yeah. you feed it, can can affect you in a powerful way. So if you tell if you tell yourself that you know you're tired, you're going to be tired. Yeah. If you tell yourself you're hungry, you, you're, you're going to be hungry. But if you can just learn just to relax. Like your your body can stay up for a long, long, long time. Yeah. It, so, I mean, so is it like that? I mean, I know we're going kind of further than I thought, but this is interesting. So, I mean, is it really a mind over matter thing? You just are so focused and nothing else really matters. I mean, you you do you think about well, that in the car? Like I mean, think about it. it. It's it's hot as hell. Okay. Right. I chose this per profession. It's going to be hot. Right. I already know that. So. If I if, if I'm like oh dude it's so hot in here right my body's gonna my body's gonna feel a lot hotter than than, right. than what it's going than than what it should be so I do I do think it it takes a lot of focus it takes a lot of I think that the one biggest thing about 
us being athletes is that we have to use our minds so much mm-hmm. racing because I mean we're con- I mean someone goes into the corner we have to figure out how, how to pass them we're constantly doing science in our head which we don't think that we are but we are because we we, we have to position the car just the, the, the right the right the right way it's a very very intelligent sport right and uh, that's why I feel like you know when you you don't really have to be super hydrated to run 250 laps. It, it, it's just a mindset. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I Charlie or Austin, do, do, do y'all want to talk on that? Do, do, do y'all feel like that? It's, it's like that. No, I mean, most of the times I don't even know I'm sweating until I get out of the car and take my helmet off and it's just pouring down. They're like, yeah. hot. And I'm like, no, I, I feel great. I think once you quit is when it finally hits you. Once everything's over, right. it kind of hits you and you're like, Holy crap! I'm tired. Now, sometimes under a long caution, it'll it'll catch you. Yeah, or red flag. When you're when you're consistently yeah. knocking off laps, you know you're not thinking about sweating. You're not thinking about getting a sip of water. You're not thinking about the caution. You're thinking about going to the front, passing the person in front of you. Yeah, I can kind you of relate. I can kind of relate to that. I mean, when you're in a fire, and there's fire all around you, and it's smoky, and it's hot, and it's you can't see. You don't think about anything else but getting water on the fire. And well, it's also adrenaline. Yeah, I mean, you got that adrenaline rush, too. It's like, man, I'm in a fire. You know, this is crazy. This is crazy. Normal people don't do this job, just like normal people don't do race cars. But then once you go to rehab and you take off that the jacket and your SCBA and your mask and your helmet, and then that fresh breeze hits you, it could be in the middle of December, January, and it's still like, oh, man, it feels so good. And that's when so you realize all, all firefighters have to go to rehab. Well, you you fight a fire, Charlie. For I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. Jeez, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but it, I mean, it, I'm just trying to compare it to what Howie and you guys were saying because I mean, like I said, I don't I don't race cars. I have no ambition to race cars. I I would love to do it, but I just well, come don't. come spot for me this weekend on your way down here. Like Howie said, roll your windows up, turn the heaters on. With Keep my, you a couple bottles of water. With my wife and kid in the car? No. Yes. They're going to nope. stay home. <laughs> Thanks, Allie. <laughs> Thanks, Allie. <laughs> yes. And, and hey, hey, if you got to pee, ain't no pit stops. Nope. Drew you a hole in your seat. I'll be the first one to tell you this. At Daytona last year, ARCA, it was so much pressure on my body. I thought if I hit the wall in a wreck, that my bladder was going to explode. Wow. And I went into turn one forcefully just peed on myself. I'm talking just pedal down and I'm just I'm just like full gripped up and I'm just squeezing. Wow. Every muscle squeezing. <laughs> Gained three miles per hour after that. <laughs> right? That's so crazy. Then, <laughs> but, the, but the bad part is this it that the car was so hot it dried it up. So yeah. Oh wow. Was, well, that's I why they started putting holes in the seat because it, I remember hearing a story that it doesn't dry it's, up. It's no, like, it's so hot. It starts almost boiling. Yeah, steam, steam oh, burns oh, wow. you. Yeah. I, yeah, steam will burn you. Oh, yeah. I, I never I even thought of that. Texas, it, 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 it was hot, and uh, it was really hot that, that day. And the dude threw um, ice cubes on me. He had a bag open, and it had ice cubes in it, and he didn't know that, that, that the bag was open. And so when I was going through the corner – I mean, I had ice cubes all over me. I would just grab one off my lap and throw it in my mouth just because I, I didn't want it to burn me. After a while, I, I could feel all my suit where it was starting to boil. And so I, I had to get every single one going 185. I'm, I'm like just driving one hand and just swiping everything off of me because, I mean, it's, I it's serious. 
I wish I had crew people that would throw ice at me where it's hot during the summer. I, I'll do it for you. People don't I think, appreciate it, buddy. I really do. Well, that's something people don't really think about either is like well, water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius for you Europeans out there. And how, how long does it take? I mean, is it instantaneous? Or, I mean, it takes probably about five minutes for the ice to melt into a chemical reaction and transform from liquid to – or from solid to liquid to gas. Honestly, five minutes to a race car driver – we don't know when five minutes is. We don't even know when a minute is because we're, we're just going. I, I can't tell you how, how long a race is. Right. I, I, I can guess. We're counting laps. That's yeah, all we're doing. I, we're counting laps. I can piggyback off of that because I spot for Charlie, and we only run 25 laps. And it seems like I'm on the spotter stand for an hour. I'll get home and watch the race, 11 minutes, 12 minutes. And I'm like, it just seemed like it was 35. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Two minutes to an hour, I was standing up there. Right. right. Telling them inside, outside, you're doing good, five to go. So, but like yeah. when, you're, when you're in the car, there are sometimes that it feels longer. There's sometimes that it doesn't. But we can't tell you when five minutes was. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, hey, was that 20 laps? Sure. Five minutes and 20 laps. Great. Whatever. Cool. All right. I mean, yeah. fair enough. Just just like last race, I, I swore that we just ran like 40 laps, green flag. I asked Austin, I said, hey, man, like, what, what lap went on? Or uh, lap 17, we got eight to go. We still got eight to go? Like, good gosh. Yeah, them last five laps, like, killed me. I ain't spot a full 25 laps all season. Oh, I no. know. I ain't <laughs> ran a full 25 laps all season. Oh, man. Well, all right. Well, I know how he has to get going here. Really do appreciate your time. Charlie, Austin, anything else? That was a good question, Austin, which snowballed into that. But, Charlie, Austin, anything else for Howie? No, Howie, look, I, I have uh, I've enjoyed this uh, driver interview. I, I got to say, this is probably the best, one of the best ones. Um, you you and Amber have been terrific. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on to the show. I, I, you know, I, I really mean that. Can't say it enough. And uh, look forward. I, I really do. I look forward to seeing you at Talladega. I hope that the three of us can uh, honestly make it up there. Uh, yeah we'll we'll start planning it now and uh if we can make it maybe the four of us can link up and uh we'll just have us a good time man for sure well i i I certainly appreciate y'all having me on here it was great talking to all of y'all and uh if you ever want me to come back orange let me know yeah you have have any merchandise t-shirts I did for my debut but we ran out of all of them um i'm I'm working i'm working that's a good thing Oh it, yeah, it's that that is a very good good thing. But we're uh, we're working on some some pretty cool stuff now. So 
uh, we will see. All right, sounds good. Well, Howie, thanks again for being on the show. Stick around. I got uh, we got a few things to tie off off air. Thanks for coming on again. Really do appreciate it. Best of luck in your future races. Like Charlie said, hope to see you in Talladega, and we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, thank you. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR gears to get you ready for this coming up season, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my latest and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there. Yeah, not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go in there, where I get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide, man. It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear needs, no matter what sports you're interested in. All purchases help out. Burns Radio bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, that was our talk with Howie and a very awesome guy. Definitely uh, give him a follow on Twitter. We'll link all those in the podcast description below and in the podcast and in our, our sharing it. Just definitely... Go like him. We had a good talk with him after the interview. Good guy. Yeah, just real down-to-earth guy. Really enjoyed talking to him and taking him taking the time out to come on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. And now we get into our final thoughts here. Our, our This week in NASCAR and our upcoming races, which I will read to you real quick. Saturday, May 14th at... 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. It's going to be the uh, the Truck Series race from Kansas. Xfinity is off this weekend. And then we have Sunday, May 15th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1 as well. The Kansas race for the Cup Series. And just going to real quick make sure there's no Formula 1 race. I don't think there is. But there is a IndyCar race coming up this weekend, May 14th. At 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC is the GMR Grand Prix there at Indianapolis getting ready to ramp up there for the month of May more so and getting ready for the upcoming Indianapolis 500 on Memorial Day weekend. As far as Formula One goes, the next race will be in Spain, not this week, but the following week, and I always enjoy Spain here. But going to leave it up to you, Charlie and Austin. We want to read our fantasy standings, our updated rambling about race and family fantasy standings, or do we want to hear our question of the week or this week in NASCAR first? We'll, we'll go with fantasy. And, and real quick, how, how do you guys? What do you guys think of Howie? I, I enjoyed him. He uh, he kind of reminds me of me growing up through the through the racing career. Um, started out watching it. Um, I think he's kind of like me. He kind of got tired of watching it and wanted to tip his toes in it and kind of get into it uh, and then just grew from there and worked up from there and put in the time and the effort. I uh, re- really enjoyed talking to him. Almost like talking to a younger me. Charlie, what do you think about Howie? Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hate to say it, but glad to see he's just not one of the rich kids that, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for this ride this weekend and pay for this ride the next weekend. There, there's too much of that 
this day and age in in racing, especially in the late models and the late model stocks. I'm, I'm glad to see he's not one of them. He's thoroughly and legitimately worked his way to to where he's at now. And I, I, I really wish the best for him. And I hope we're able to, to make our way to Talladega in the fall and uh, maybe get to hang out with him a little bit. Yeah, I have a feeling the fire is lit under us more so to go to Talladega this yeah, no kidding. This fall. To, uh, just hang out with the guy and hang out with Howie and spend more time with him, maybe have a beer or two with him. But, Charlie, fantasy standings from this weekend at Darlington, and I must give a disclaimer, I forgot to set my fantasy lined up, so I might have taken a hit in the points. Yeah, man, you, you did take a little bit of a hit. So, 12th, Z Cleave 7, 15, 55. 11th, 43 and me, 1582. 10th, Smoking Woody with our forward, as far as our manufacturer standings, was 1706. 9th, Summers Racing, 1821 with our Toyota. You failed dramatically. Not going to lie. Uh, oh, I failed a lot, dude. I forgot to say that. Yeah, the man. You're, you went from like fifth to eighth. You're, you're sitting at 1892 in eighth place. I now I, I know how Kurt Bush is feeling right now. Yeah, no kidding, man. Seventh place is B-Dunn 3 at 1899. Sixth is Super Sumo 32 at 1952. He's he's dominating a manufacturer standing with Chevrolet. Fifth place, SMR R&D with 2005. Fourth place is S-Blades uh, 2021. Third place is SMR Operations 2047. Second place is Matt Camper, last year's winner, I do believe. Uh, SMR R and D is the two-time defending champ of Ramblin' oh, okay. Racing League. Uh, so fifth place is SMR R and D. Yeah, this two thousand uh, two-time defending champ with two thousand five. So Matt Camper is second with two thousand seventy-nine points, and I'm still sitting first. Surprisingly, after a disappointing, disappointing Darlington uh, after. Three of my five drivers getting wrecked out. Even after I brought my garage person in, him getting wrecked out as well. Uh, somehow or another, I'm still sitting first with 2,177 points. So I got a 98-point uh, lead right now. Yeah, all right. Watch out. Matt Camper will catch you, man. He's, he's, he's working on me. He is good with doing that. This week at NASCAR, we go back to 1997 on May 10th. Mark Martin prevails in the nonstop Winston 500 at Talladega Super Speedway and holds off Dale Earnhardt to win in record time. Mark Martin's average was a staggering 188.354 miles an hour in the caution-free event. It is the Mark Martin's first NASCAR Winston Cup win since 1995, and that is your this weekend NASCAR May 10th, 1997. And gentlemen, going to leave it up to either of you. Whoever has a question of the week, let's hear it. And if not, I got one. I have one, but we're, we're going to wait later on. All it? right, we're going to wait later on. And Charlie, you have a question of the week? No, I honestly don't. All right, well, then I have a question of the week. So given the fact that Formula One raced this weekend at Miami, a lot of IndyCar drivers and a lot of IndyCar fans were complaining about the product that Indy, that Formula One had on the track. Very simple question. Which is better? Which is a better open wheel series? IndyCar or Formula One? Let us know what you think using hashtag what you think ITM. And gentlemen, that was it. Anything else before we wrap it up here on this week's episode? Yeah, there's a quick pit. Is it quick pit podcast? Yeah, quick pit podcast. 
Do they do they earn the T-shirt or you're the one buying it, man? You tell me. They, you know, I tell you what. Since, since they answered it, they get a damn T-shirt. So right. either I'll reach out to them or Matt will reach out to them. Thank you for answering. I hate that all the people missed out on a free damn T-shirt. It's free. F R E E free rambling about racing t-shirt these shirts are badass you need to get you one next time we have a question of the week that offers a free t-shirt you might want to answer that's right and 10 percent off of your orders using mother for the month of may we don't forget about that gentlemen anything else thank you for showing up in this very late ending episode got, yeah what's up one thing. what's up buddy oh yeah we need our picks for the races next weekend oh, very well charlie Okay, so Charlie brings up a good point here. Who do we got winning the truck race, the cup race, and the IndyCar race? Going to start off with Charlie since he brought it up. Who do you got winning this weekend? Uh, IndyCar race. I'm, I'm going to go with my my guy didn't win it, uh, Castro Nevis. Damn it, Charlie. All right. Well, there's Charlie's pick. Who do you got winning All the truck right. and uh, cup race? Cup race. Uh, so Kansas. I'll, I'll honestly, I'm gonna go with Larson at Kansas. Dang that's, it, Charlie! Two for two. That style track. It's gonna be a Larson show. All right. What about the truck series? Uh, Ed Figures got his. He's got his mojo back. He had a top three finish at Darlington. You know, he's ran well at Kansas before. He he finally gets his win of the season and locks himself into the playoffs this year at Kansas. All right, Austin. What? What do you have? Who do you have winning this weekend? Uh, Any car? I was going to pick Castro Nevis. Charlie beat me to it. I think he had a hiccup during the Alabama Grand Prix truck race. I'm going to have to go with Carson Hosevar. Um I've watched him grow up through the late model series. Uh, I think it's time for him to get a win. And Cup Series, I'm going to go with Larson. Cup Series, I'm going to go with Larson. Uh, he was my pick last weekend. I'm going to stick with him this weekend. Hold it out, so I'm going to go with Larson with the Cup Series win. For IndyCar, for me, good picks, Austin, by the way. It would be Pato Award winning this weekend. He's on a hot streak, won won the previous race in Birmingham on a road course as well. Truck Series is going to be – this is such a tough one. It's like you want to pick the low-hanging fruit, but you don't. Yeah, uh, for the Truck Series, it's going to be Matt Crafton. I think we'll – Get the monkey off his back this season and get himself locked into the playoffs and win. For the Cup Series, I'm thinking Kurt Busch will get it done. So, I mean, he's had two so, bad, long, so long as he doesn't get wrecked out, I, you know, it's a, a very good possibility. He's had yeah, that's, a, that's a solid pick if, if Karma doesn't bite him. Or not Karma, but, you know. Bad luck. I mean, I think he's had a couple. His bad luck has been teammates to Bubba Wallace. Exactly. Well, I mean, even then, I because, mean. Because, you know, Bubba Wallace is just pissed off the racing gods. <laughs> no, he didn't piss off the racing gods. He pissed off all the rednecks at Talladega that can't fly their Confederate flag anymore. Yeah, that's probably know, more accurate than anything. But, yeah, those, those yeah. are my picks. Paddle Award, Matt Crafton, and Kurt Busch, barring uh, incident, especially since the two weeks he's been just having bad luck there. But, gentlemen, anything else? Thanks again for sticking it out here through a long night. Anything else before we wrap it up here on this week's episode? No. No, I'm, I'm good, buddy. I, I think it was a good episode. I think it was, too. Thanks again to Howie for showing up. And with with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for all those who tuned in this week. Make sure to go to ramblingaboutracing.com for links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of all racing and to see what's going on elsewhere as far as the show is regards. Special thanks to Howie for being on the show again. Really do appreciate it. Make sure to go give him a follow on all social media platforms as well. 
I'd like to thank our partners for the show, Stand Up to Cancer and Fanatics, for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, for what they do at Burns Radio and Belly Up Sports as well. For Charlie Herkus, Chuck 8384, Austin Reeves, Preston Lude, who's not here this weekend. I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for tuning in for us this week. Stay safe, and we'll see you after this weekend's races. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.